Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Crowning Moment. For those who may not know me, my name is Casey Gibson. I am a pageant queen, now turned podcast host, and I've been in pageantry for almost 19 years, which is super crazy to think about gracing the stage at just five years old. But today, we're bringing in someone new, someone fresh. Super excited to have her here. This is someone that I've actually been in contact with for months. So let's go ahead and bring Miss Vera Morris into our chat for today's episode. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be here. Finally. I know. This is so awesome. Okay. So Vera, I want you to go ahead and tell the listeners a little bit more about who you are and a little bit of your pageant journey so far. Absolutely. Again, my name is Vera Morris. I'm Miss United World 2023. And I have a long pageant history, sort of speak. <laughs> um, I was a former Miss North Carolina USA in 1998. And at the Miss USA pageant, I was voted Miss Congeniality, which was such an honor. And then the next year, Sandra Bullock's Miss Congeniality movie came out. How? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, after that, I retired. I put that in parentheses. Um, but I came back into pageantry just because of my platform, which is talking about breast cancer awareness. So I got back into it after 20 years and I competed in the Miss North Carolina for America pageant system. I got second runner up and uh, I went ahead and pursued more. So I did the USOA system for a couple of years and last year got second runner up there. <laughs> and then uh, finally last last summer I decided to compete for the United World system and won the title last September so here I am <laughs> that is absolutely amazing so before we even get like dive deep into all of this I want to talk about your USA journey just a little bit with Miss USA they just released that I'm pretty sure it's going to be like the first week of October sometime and then they just released that so I want to talk about you know what was it like competing at Miss USA to start this all off Wow. You know what? It was a once in a lifetime experience. We were in Shreveport, Louisiana, and we were there for almost three weeks. So th there, there was a lot of work, you know, like now I think they're there for about a week or so, but we were there for three weeks uh, preparing for the nationally televised uh, cast. So it was a lot of rehearsals. I mean, it was around the clock. I mean, we were up early. We went to bed late. We were there with our sponsors. But let me tell you, it was probably one of the greatest experiences I've ever had. And I have lifelong friends as a result of that experience. And it took me three years to win that title. Um, so I worked really hard to win it. And uh, I was very excited because I was the second African-American woman to win it, um, Crystal Coney was the first and she crowned me. So it was just definitely one of those moments that um, was really special. And I will never forget that experience. That is truly amazing. And then from the listeners, I hope you got from her whole beginning, you know, opening of who she is, the determination you have. I've already picked that up immediately of you're not going to give up. You're going to keep trying no matter what. You're like, I could taste that victory, but I really <laughs> want that victory in the end. Um, So tell us a little bit about, you know, the United World System and how you ended up wanting to join that one. Absolutely. So as you probably know, because you're a pageant fit yourself, you know, when we say we're done, we're done. You know, I did the, like I said, the USOS system and I've been competing, you think about it, four years in a row. And so that's a lot. I mean, I was tired and I said, you know what, I can retire and be done, you know, at this point. 
And then it was actually a young woman that competed in the United World System herself who reached out. And I was like, uh oh. When she reached out, I was like, uh oh, I'm going to be in trouble. I already see it. <laughs> and she was telling me about the system. What I love the most about the system was the community service. And as you can hear, I am a huge person, uh, advocate for community service, especially. Um, as a title holder, because we have a way to network with these crowns and sashes and um, being able to see all the young ladies that were involved in the system out in their communities, really working hard and working with each other, you know, and that was something that I really enjoyed the laid back atmosphere, being able to have fun. So I went ahead and said, you know what, I'm still got the wardrobe. I'm still ready for this. So let me just go ahead on and sign up while I still have the energy in my parents for like, go for it. So when they gave me that approval, I said, let me just do it. And uh, I said, no matter what, this is going to be it for me. And then lo and behold, end up winning that title. But I'm telling you, it's for me, it was about the journey. Cause I tell you every pageant journey, I learned something new about me. And sometimes I would be in tears. Cause it was like, Oh my God, I just discovered something else about me. And uh, I think that's the, the biggest key to it for me was just the journey itself. That is amazing. But it truly is all about the journey. And, you know, there are lessons we learn along the way. They may be hard lessons. They may make us cry just a little bit and they may not all be happy tears, but it really does change you personally, you know, professionally and just your outlook on ways that you go into competition or you go into an interview to just tell people, I am me, take me as I am, as well as like the journey along the way is truly, it's just something that is a once in a lifetime thing that you wouldn't get if you're doing something else. So it is truly amazing. So I want to ask how many years have you been competing in pageantry? Oh, girl, let's see. Um, <laughs> okay, I wasn't a Totland Tierra kid, you know, competitor. I think I was a late bloomer because I really didn't get into them until high school. Because then at that point, I was trying to win scholarship money to go to college. So I think the junior miss program at the time was probably one of the first pageants I did. And then um, the teen USA, Ms. North Carolina teen USA back in the day used to send out those little flyers in the mail. And my mom saw it and was like, Oh, we should try this. That's what got the bug going. And so I did <laughs> North Carolina teen USA. And I think I was the top six that year. And then I aged out for teen. So I did miss the next couple years and decided to just, finished college and grew up a little bit. And then that's when I uh, won North Carolina USA. So I would say I was a late bloomer, but I'm telling you, for me, I just learned so much. I was shy when I first started doing pageants. And as a result of pageantry, I can talk in front of thousands of people and it not impact me. It's just, I have to thank pageantry for the woman that I am now. So. So I've already asked you why you competed in the in the United World System, but I want to ask you, how did it feel during that entire crowning moment? What was that like for you standing there after, you know, you got second runner up, second runner up. This was finally your time and your moment. What was that like? It was wow. I mean, because you just never know. I mean, you you really want that, but you have to prepare yourself to not get it, if that makes sense. And so uh, when they started calling finalists, you know, for third, I was just sitting there and said, okay. And when it got the second runner up, I held my breath because I was like, okay, this is a position that I'm way too familiar with. <laughs> and so when it was down um, to the final two, I was like, oh my God, you know, this could really happen. And when it did, I'll be honest, it was such an outer body experience because it was something that I had been wanting pretty much my entire life was to just hear your name with that title because for me, I knew how hard I worked, you know, and 
like I said, I would would have been happy regardless of the situation, but to hear your name and not expect it, because you know me, I'm just kind of like, okay, roll with the punches. But when I heard my name, I literally think I had an out-of-body experience. And I remember seeing my mother's hands up in the air and screaming and my dad has laid back stuff and he finally got up. So that's when it, I mean, honestly, that's when the reality hit that this really happened. Um, and so honestly, not till I got back to North Carolina that I was like, oh my God, I really did this. So it was such an experience. I mean, when you put all your hard work into something and then something like that happens, it really does change your life in so many ways. And one of the pieces you mentioned there, which I know all too well, is preparing yourself if you don't win. And you and I both know sometimes it's just not your day. It is just not the pageant that you're supposed to win. There's something else out there for you to venture to and gain the next journey for. So I want to talk about a little bit of kind of like a back and forth chit chat on you know, what happens? How do you prepare for that not winning? It's that mental, you know, conversation you have. How do you kind of prepare yourself for the good and the bad going into these situations? I think for me, because I focus so much on the journey and everything that I gain as I'm going through this journey leading up to that pageant, that really helps me out a lot. And I and I have, I'm very faith driven as well. So I'm like, okay, God has another plan for me if this, if this is not meant for me. And I always say no means new opportunity. That's how I define no. So if it wasn't meant for me to be Miss United World, I believe that another opportunity, another door would have opened for me. So I go into it with that positive thinking like, okay, I have to think if this is not meant to be, then there's something else for me. And I think I really got into that as I got older. That's why I like competing in pageants as you get older, because the life experience that you have really does kick in and help you out so much that you appreciate um, things a little bit different. Um, so for me, it was just going in knowing that, okay, regardless, I'm supposed to be here and I'm going to walk away with something, you know, and, and it's not, like I said, it's not just about the crown because I won the crown, but I walked away with so much more than that. So that's how I try to stay positive and, and keep that mind thinking. Cause I know it's, it's devastating. It's hard. You know, because everybody's in it to win it. I mean, otherwise, why are we doing this if we don't want exactly. to win? But you also have to realize that there can only be one crown, one winner. So you like, okay, what else am I taking away from this if I don't win that crown? Mm, that was that was some good stuff. Oh my <laughs> goodness! But that is, that is things that people don't really prepare you for. Like, you know, when I sit down with a coach or whoever I'm talking to, it's okay. What is our game plan when I win? And what are we going to do if I don't? Because I now have to mentally prepare myself of, I put in all the hard work. It didn't get the outcome I wanted it to, but what can I tweak for next time? I did all this great stuff, but what can I do a little bit more? Or maybe I just need to think, rethink how I say things or, you know, really, did I bring out Casey's full potential? What, what did I miss here? But it's hard that when you do win that crown, sometimes you still hit yourself with the questions of, okay, I won, but what could have I done more? You know, now being the title holder, I now have to live up to this unspoken, unsaid expectation of if I don't double my group for next year, I didn't do enough. And that's the things that people don't really touch on. And I do want to touch on, um, especially with you having your national title that you do is I right now have my own national title. I am Miss America's United States. And so, you know, going into pageantry, especially for this one, I knew coming in, I was coming in last minute, two months before the pageant. I had just got off a of first runner up when I was devastated. I was hurt. And I was in my mind thinking, I'm not coming to this just because I want to crap. 
I'm not coming to this just because I need something to win to boost my confidence. I'm coming into this to give something to an assist, a system for an entire year. And that is, you know, emotionally, physically, you know, mentally, whatever I can do to better the system better than when I got there. And it's going to be better, even better when I leave. And so how can I do that? And so some of the things is the pressures you put on yourself that you don't realize in the moment of trying to just be, okay, I have to be this perfect queen. I have to post 25 times a day on Instagram or do five different TikTok reels. And that's a lot that people don't talk about. And so I want to ask you, you know, have you done this with yourself of setting those, you know, high expectations of, I have to now be, I've won this crown. Now it's my job to be this, you know, 25 times a day posting person on Instagram. Like, how do you handle that pressure as well? I'm glad we're talking about this because we actually touched on it a little bit and it's because of your podcast that I was like, man, she preaching to me right here. Um, that, that fear of failure. Cause even though you win the title for me, I put even more pressure on myself because it's like, okay, you know, I want to set this tone, you know, for others that are going to follow me and United world system, this would be its third year. So it's like, especially when it's a newer system, it's like, okay, what do I want my legacy to be? And I find myself, and it's so funny because it has nothing to do with the director. Like Jessica is awesome. Jessica's the one that says, Vera, go sit down, take a break. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'll reach out. Okay, Vera, go sit down, please. And thank you. Because like, I'm the one that is the workaholic. You know, I want to get out there. I want people to know how amazing the system is, you know, and I find myself, I've burnt myself out many times. Um, I've been so hard on myself. Like it's just having these internal conversations with myself and it has nothing to do with comparing yourself to anybody else. It's just you. Is something that you feel internally that you want to make such a change and such a difference. But what I am beginning to learn is this is that key word. If nothing else that I've learned during my title thus far is grace. I've learned to mm. give Vera grace. I was like, okay, you can't do it all. And sometimes you hear title holders say, you know, you need to take every opportunity that comes your way. That's not possible. You know, it's, it's just not. I work a full-time job. I've got a nonprofit. You know, I have... I'm a host nail myself. So it's it's like I have all these responsibilities. You can't physically do it all, girl. So I have to just remind myself that, you know what? You're doing a good job. You know, if you don't post for a week, it's okay. You know, like you don't have to, you have to remind yourself. But unfortunately, that's just how I'm cut too. Like anything that I do, I want to give it my best, but it can be hard. I'll be honest with you. It's, it's, the bigger the crown, the more responsibilities you have, the more responsibilities you put on yourself. So now I've, I've just sat back and realized, all right, girl, give yourself grace. You're doing a good job, you know, and and thankfully I have sisters that look out for me like Deborah, who crowned me. I love me some Deborah. She'll reach out. How you doing, Vera? How you feeling? There's other sisters, Mrs. Like teen. Like we're all like this this set unit because it's a sisterhood. We know that it's a sisterhood. It's like a sorority, and they probably can sense how I think, how I feel, how we can see it. And like, all right, Vera, you're doing great. What do you need? Um, and I think that helps too. Is when you can have sisters to reach out to and say, Hey, you good? You need to slow down. <laughs> I love that. And the part in this, like, don't mean to bring it all back again, but truly it's the, we, most of us that are, you know, MISS and above, we do have full-time jobs. And if you don't, you're close to being out of college or graduating, whatever program you're choosing to do. 
to then being having that full-time job. And I know myself, I have four jobs. I do hair and makeup. I do this whole podcast. I have a real job in technology. And I also work at a craft bar and, and wine, like beverage place. So like I do a lot. And when people ask me like, why do you choose to do so much? I handle the pressure of stress super well, but I feel like that's something that pageantry has taught me because of how much stress that we really do get put under. And it's not a negative stress. It's more of the, you know, having to make sure you're walking in your heels or having to make sure your interview is great or getting your fitness in line. There's so many different things that I never knew coming into pageantry would be, I would say a good stressor, but at the same time, it still is a stressful situation. You have to learn how to stay calm, cool, and collective at all moments. And with being a title holder and having, you know, four jobs in my life and you have a full-time job too and a nonprofit, so many different things and so many that's happening behind the scenes that people have zero idea about, but they are sometimes very quick to judge on, you know, oh, well, she didn't post this week or, oh, she didn't do this. But when we sign our contracts, we know that we have to do X amount of posts. We know we have to do X amount of community service. And it's not that I'm just checking boxes. It's that I'm giving everything I can because I want to make sure I'm giving you exactly what you want and more. Because as a national title holder, that is your job. This You just add this job to the list. Like, you know, four, now we have five jobs. Put another title on. <laughs> but truly, and I want to I talk a little bit more about you know, you do have a nonprofit. I want to hear more about what that is and possibly tell the listeners how you created it and what that whole process looked like. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> so my nonprofit is called Treasure Your Chest Incorporated and it stemmed from my platform, which was Treasure Your Chest and it's Treasure Your Chest. And it's talking about the importance of breast health. Um, to take it a step further, unfortunately, I've lost way too many people in my life to breast cancer. And for me, it's like, what can I do? You know, I felt at the time I was like, you feel helpless because, you know, especially when you you're watching someone you love go through that and you can't do anything to stop it or help them. So for me, I said, let me give back, you know, and start spreading awareness. And so I just took my platform and turned it into a nonprofit. It was actually last March. I was sitting right in front of my laptop. I have the little bit of money in my account. And I said, I'm going to make Treasure Chest Incorporated legal. I'm going to start raising money to help women get um, mammograms who can't afford it. And that can be underinsured or no insurance. Um, and just be that support system for them. I also have a Treasure Chest blog where every month I'm featuring a young woman. I have a man too as well, a man from Puerto Rico. He was a grandfather that had breast cancer. So I feel like sharing their stories and their journeys will help other people because at the end of the day, regardless of your age or race, we have to advocate for ourselves, you know, and, and sometimes we go into these situations not really knowing the facts. So I try to be that resource to give people what they need so that they can feel confident, you know, regardless of what, you know, that diagnosis may end up being breast cancer or not. I just want them to feel like, you know, they have a support system. And it's, it's just been amazing to be able to help women get that mammogram or give them the resources that they need. That is truly amazing. And if anyone's listening or watching us, this is the first time I've been able to like actually ask on like what this nonprofit is and you know what you do behind the scenes. And that is truly amazing. And I am not someone that has been affected by this or do not have anyone close by me. But if I do know someone or someone comes along this podcast, please, like please reach out to Vera. Y'all need this lady. She has got <laughs> the the ways and the works to figure anything out that you really do need to, especially in that wheelhouse, because that's a scary moment for families that have never experienced it or 
someone themselves that has never, you know, had anyone around them that have dealt with that. And so I really appreciate you doing that. That is amazing. Oh my goodness. Oh, yeah. I'm like speechless over here. <laughs> it's a lot, but it's, it's so worth it when you can, you know, help somebody else. Cause when I had my mammogram, my heart was racing. I think my heart went up to my throat at that point, but what helped me get through it was knowing some of the facts that I did just based off the amazing women that I had talked to. So I was going in there asking all kinds of questions. And that poor girl was just like, cause shocked <laughs> her because I was asking so many questions, but she it just, she appreciated it too, because she's like, well, you're very well informed, you know? And I was like, you know, so Today is May 1st. So every first of the month, I, I put out a post reminding people to, you know, fill it on the first. Do yourself fresh checks and, you know, schedule your mammogram if it's time. And don't listen to just being 40 or older. That's cliche. I mean, a lot of the women that I feature have been in their mid-20s, 30s. This disease just doesn't discriminate. I think you just need to go in, be educated and be aware. Absolutely. That is truly amazing work that you were doing. And I want to ask you with having the United World System, do you get to have your own platform or do they have like an overall umbrella platform for you guys? We do get to have our own platform, which is amazing. Um, so I really enjoyed that because, you know, I went into it like with a goal to make Treasure Chest even bigger and to spread even more awareness to a larger audience. So I've been able to do that. And like Jessica is an amazing director because she just gives us the tools to be able to do that, you know, and kind of spread our wings. And like she like she told me, it's your year. So you're going to make it what you want it to be. And so all of us, you know, are really out in our communities, you know, talking about the platforms that really are important to us. Now, even though Treasure Your Chest and Breast Cancer Awareness is important to me, I also like to talk about other, you know, platforms out there um, and causes that are near and dear to me and my sister queens as well. I, I just helped one of my sister queens by um, helping her with her hygiene project that she has. So I picked up some tampons and maxi pads and feminine products because there again, you know, menstrual health is a big topic um, that yes. seems to be taboo. And so I wanted to send the, that to her in Texas because I feel like it's so important um, that these young women get the, the, those sources that they need because, you know, it's not a luxury. It's a necessity, you know, and menstrual health is very important. And I've talked about uh, Meals on Wheels, helping, you know, deliver meals to seniors. Like I've done all, all kinds of things and I've absolutely loved it. And when people reach out to me and say, I didn't realize that, you know, about that organization. Oh, I didn't realize this was going on. To me, that is what makes being a title holder so like Flourishing for me is the fact that I'm able to to tell people, educate people about things that they weren't aware of. I think that's truly the best thing about pageantry is you learn so many things from everyone around you. When I tell you, when I did the Miss America system, the platforms that people brought to the table, there were things I've never even thought of or even knew that there was something we need to do about them. And so it's just truly amazing. Pageantry really does open up your eyes to different walks of life that everyone is coming from, as well as the diverse culture that is around us that we may not be you know, experiencing every day. But at pageants, there is people from all walks of life very different backgrounds. So truly soak up any experience you can. We get to go to a pageant. Even if you're just visiting, talk to other parents. They come from different parts of the country or even different parts of the world. So making sure that you are reaching out to all these people is truly, truly a great way to network, especially through pageantry. Absolutely. With United World, these women come from everywhere. Like um, next week, 
think it's, yeah, it is next week. Time is flying. Uh, we're having our, the national pageant is the, the Canada. So I'll have new sister queens from Canada. I mean, these women come from everywhere competing and everybody has a voice. And that's, that's the thing about it is all women have a voice. That's why another reason why I love this system, you know, from 13 up, um, there is a place for you to use your voice to be heard um, and get your message out there. And that's another reason why I love this system, because it's open for everybody. And being a Miz is tough, you know, because I've competed in pageants where Miz could be 18 and up. And I'm like, oof, that's, you know, 18 year old, and you know, 25, 30, 40 up. We all have different experiences. So for the Miz division with United World is 28 and up, which to me it's good because we've all kind of have the same experiences from working. Some are moms, you know, and four or five jobs like we talked about um, so that we kind of in that same group where we have the same understanding. So that's another reason why I love the United World system. That is unique. And especially with many different systems out there, I know with I will be competing from the Miss America's United States system. They granted me the opportunity to compete at Miss Global USA. And so I'll be competing in North Carolina. Um, but I will be competing against women that are 35. And so being 23 years old or age ages, I want to say it's 19 to 35. They can be married, divorced, have kids, no kids. So it's very different because you never know going into a pageant like that what they're looking for. Are they looking for the married woman this year? But I really like how they've done your age group especially because a lot of things that people do not hit on is these Ms. categories. People think that just after MISS, it's just done. And I was speaking with another contestant up in uh, New Jersey. I think she just won Ms. New Jersey. It's the purple one. I think it's Royal or Royal International, I think is what she may Royal. have just won. But the MS doesn't go to nationals. They just are state level and they keep them there. And I and I hate that because you know how hard they work for those state pageants, especially in that system. They have really big state pageants. So I really do think that more women, especially, you know, they think just because they got married and they're moving on with their life that you still can't use those pageant heels or those gowns you have in your closet. Definitely break those things back out. Take a friend, a girlfriend, go on a weekend trip and do pageantry. Why not? <laughs> Why not? I mean, I feel like, like I said, it's it's for anybody, you know, and I don't think a lot. I wish that sometimes they did more behind the scenes of our pageants, like because <laughs> you see yes. the day we compete and you see us in gowns and swimsuits or fitness wear, you know, all pretty dolled up, whatever. But they're not seeing like the actual journey itself. I wish we had a platform where we could actually see the journey and see how much we learn and how much we grow. Like you said, being organized, I have three different calendars here. That's how I keep it together. But I learned that through pageantry and people look at it as just this glitz glam, but they're not understanding that we put so much work into it that we really are out here making changes and we're doing it as mothers and we're doing it as single moms. And, you know, we have different titles and different, things that we're doing as women. So I think it is very empowering. And, and if you haven't done a pageant, sign up. If you have like me, <laughs> I say go back and do it again because it's just an, it's just the journey of a lifetime. Absolutely. Well, Vera, we've come to that point in the podcast where I like to ask everyone the same final question. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. In what way has pageants positively impacted you? Where do I start? I think the biggest key component that pos the, the positive aspect that pageantry has had for me is just my self-growth. 
because of pageantry, I have truly defined who Vera is. I can I can look in the mirror and accept um, the flaws and everything in between um, because of what pageantry has taught me. It's taught me how to interview. It's taught me how to do public speaking. It's taught me how to, to impact my community. Um, it's just taught me how to be a ver better version of myself. And I will never, ever forget everything that pageantry has done for me. That is truly amazing. Well, Vera, thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. And I hope that everyone listening got a good bit of journey talk out of this because it really is. That's what it's all about. So thank you again, Vera, for joining us on today's episode of Crowning Moment. Thank you so much and good luck at your pageant. And I just want to say you're such an amazing queen and I'm, I'm truly honored to be here with you. Thank you. That, that makes my day. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much, Vera. We'll definitely be chat, uh, chatting more in the future after all of your pageantry stuff has come. Like, oh, I hate to say it, but have you, after you're done with this title, because I want to talk a little bit more on outside pageant world things, because I feel like you have a really good sense of what has happened over the years through pageantry. And so I'd love to chat more. Absolutely. I would love that. Alrighty. Well, guys, you've heard it here first. I'm Casey Gibson with Crowning Moment Podcast, and make sure to check out our next episode. Bye, guys. Bye.